Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good afternoon, evening, wherever you are, gearheads. We appreciate you tuning in. And wow, what a what a race. You know, all the complaints about Formula One not having exciting racing. I must have watched that indie race from the other day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Throw all of that out the window because that was an incredible race, man. We had everything. Tons of passing, crashes, despair, tears, you name it. Unbelievable, incredible Formula One race. Awesome. Uh, had everything, didn't it? Um, <laughs> I was about to say this is going to be a strategy. I said at the beginning, oh, this will be a strategy race. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, there was, but still, gosh, that was, uh, it was crazy. I mean, let's start at the top of the race, man. Turn one from there it was uh, it was nonstop. Yeah, right from the get-go. Uh, I mean, and amazingly, um, Ferrari got what they wanted in a weird way because they got the one-two, but with Vettel leading. Um, and it wasn't long before we got Leclerc back in second place, and then it was what we expected, which was a Ferrari one-two. But then it still changed because Hamilton and Bottas were going at it. I mean, it was all going on, wasn't it? Yeah, I had, let's see, Vettel took the lead because he had a great start, and then Bottas took second, and then... Leclerc took uh, took second back, and then not long after that, he and Hamilton came together slightly. Grosjean and Stroll came together very at the, be- at the very beginning and put Grosjean out eventually after a few laps. And man, it was uh, nonstop, I swear. And and uh, and of course, the end of the race when Leclerc lost energy recovery, and man, that was just a shame. Uh, I mean, I thought had- you, I thought I thought when it comes to harvesting, you reap what you sow. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, he didn't reap anything. You know, he. He did phenomenal, and and I thought it was cool that Hamilton jumped in there at the end yeah. and called him out and congratulated on him. And I agree, Leclerc uh, performed wonderfully today. All right, well, let's give out the phone number if anybody wants to call and tell us what you thought of the race. 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. How about this kid, Leclerc? I mean, he, he proved it in the qualifying, and then today, a great race until he ran out of energy. Yeah, literally. Literally. Yeah, yeah. That You know, you couldn't call it on him. He did everything right. Oh, no he way, maintained yeah. pace. Even he was turning respectable times, even without the harvest errors that were going on at the end. He was still doing great. Mathematics showed us we were going to see somebody who's else your, take the lead. Who's your driver of the day? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you got to give it. Leclerc. You got to give Leclerc. it to him. And also uh, h- h- the way he dealt with it too, which was you know Ferrari did the right thing as a manager, as as it were. They tried to manage his emotions by um, telling him that he was by telling gonna... him he's got you know we we're online. Just keep it at thirty eight. He knew he'd worked it out. Um, and that gap between himself and Botas went from, uh, well, Hamilton went by, and then the Botas gap was 32 seconds. We thought we might still be okay, but then in like two laps later, it was like 16 seconds. So, yeah, he worked it out in his own head. Uh, but Matteo, Matteo Binotto and the team at Ferrari can be well pleased. They've come to play this year. Um, it's a different, different year, different era. Um, Vettel made a rare mistake, and again, he's going to be feeling that pressure because nobody else took Vettel out. Uh, he was fine fighting hard with Hamilton, but they didn't touch, as Hamilton pointed out. Um, it's it's a really different um, thing. I, interestingly enough, uh, Jack uh, Nichols said before um, the weekend started, they had a press conference with Ferrari, which hasn't happened in years. Uh, Ferrari have been locked down, literally, but now finally they're doing press releases. So there's a whole new atmosphere at Ferrari. All right, well, hey, so if you're, uh, you're playing along on the odds and you pick Lewis Hamilton, seven to five. $7 seven for five. five put in. There you go. All right, we got a caller calling in. We got Cal from Louisiana. Hey, Cal, how's it going? How's it going? Pretty good. What'd you think of the race? Man, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> yeah. well, let me ask you this. I mean, before it started, who did you think was going to win? I was really hoping that Leclerc was going to take it. Yeah. And like right now, I'm choked up for him. I really am. Yeah. Man, that's just a horrible way. And with that kind of that slow death where you could just see it coming behind you, inevitable, no nothing, there's nothing you can do about it. it was Needed horrible. the uh, shark music from, jo- from uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, but it wasn't that intent. You knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable. Absolutely. As soon as I heard him say that there was a problem, I just went, oh, no. Yeah. Hey, Cal, he how long have you been? He had such a massive Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just saying, he had such a massive lead, and then he just said he had an issue with the car, and it was just devastating. Mm, yeah. Well, have you uh, have you been following Formula One a long time? Uh, I've only been following it avidly for three or four years 
now, but I started kind of paying attention to it whenever I was very young. One of my family members' husbands is from the UK, and he's the one that introduced me to it when I was about 10 years old. So at the time, I believe it would have been Schumacher that was up in front. Yeah, and you know his son's coming good. He's in F2 now. Going good. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing great. I'm really hoping to, uh, I mean, I know it's just speculation at this point, but I'm really hoping to see him with Ferrari within the next few years. That's a good possibility. I mean, he's doing a test evidently for Alfa Romeo, um, and there's a few others testing here in Bahrain. But um, yeah, uh, Mick Schumacher, the younger version, and he sounds and looks just like dad. Yeah, he is oh, yeah, uh, testing this week. I mean, the one thing about Mick Schumacher, though, is that like I feel there's a lot of pressure on him that shouldn't that shouldn't be there because he is great. But, you know, there's a lot of people that expect him to be his dad. But I really don't think that he should be. You know, it's I interesting. Should, I think he'll be able to stand on his own. Yeah. And you know what? I thought the same. And I saw him twice now at Macau. I do the Macau Grand Prix every year. And I was actually quite taken aback because he, he even has the same manager in, in Willie Weber and the same PR officer that Mike had um, and so they they keep them away from a lot of the, the heavy media or a lot of the heavy attention but when you actually get through that and you get permission to talk to him he's surprisingly laid back unfettered very proud of his father very proud of his father's legacy um, but not if you like intimidated like you might be if you were Jordan's son or uh, Manning's son or you know what I'm saying a, a great athlete Carl Lewis's son whatever it might be um, he doesn't seem to be over affected by the fact that he's trying to do the same thing but doesn't expect obviously to to have i mean yeah the expectations are from the outside not the inside oh absolutely i just it just bothers me a little bit to see pressure from the fans because i follow mick schumacher's page and then i follow the keep fighting michael schumacher page and i just see a lot of a lot of people that look like they expect him to be as good as his dad was and even if he is as good or better it's because of him it's not because of his father let me ask you a question quickly about that because we want to go back to the race but um do you think we'll ever see michael again uh, and what are your feelings? I know mine um, on that. I'm not entirely sure because I know that his family wants to keep everything that's going on private and I respect that. I'd like to see him at yeah. least, you know, back out in the world and possibly just saying, you know, hey, I'm okay. But if, you know, if he decides not to do that, if he does get better or if he is already better and he just hasn't decided to do that, I respect that. And I mean, if not, then it's still a pretty devastating situation. But, you know, I just, I think respecting the family's privacy would be good because there's also a lot of people that try to pressure them into giving updates and they've already been very clear that they don't want to do that so good yeah i, I agree i don't fantastic I don't, great memory of michael i want to keep it the way it was hey cal yeah. what else were you watching in the race today I mean, I was keeping an eye on Daniel Ricciardo with his move from Red Bull to Renault, and I just, I don't know, his car shutting down on him like that was a bit hard to deal with, I would imagine. Oh, God. That was so strange how they both... Oh, within well, but seconds of each other, yeah. Hulkenberg looked like an engine yeah. failure. Yeah, they were totally, it sounded like totally different failures. Uh, you know, Ricciardo's car just died, and Hulkenberg's car had a, had a pretty loud noise, so who knows? But it was, I mean, they had to be within a, a minute or less. It was like, it seemed like almost identical times, but... What are you driving, yeah, Cal? Yeah. What do you what are you driving for driving for a living? I'm a I'm a truck driver. I've always been I've always been fairly adamant that if uh, I couldn't follow my seven year old self dream of being an astronaut, that I wanted to drive. I didn't really care what it was, just whatever <laughs> opportunity became available. So my grandfather drove a truck for 20 years. I've got family that haul logs for sawmills and paper mills, and now I drive a truck over the road. Good for you. Hey, watch awesome. out for Larry. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, Cal. Well, thanks for calling in, and thanks for tuning in, and we appreciate it. All right. Thank you for taking my call. We'll, see, right, we'll see you in China. Travel safe. <laughs> hey, and, you know, he said something, and, and we get some comments once in a while about, you know, you'll see somebody puts a statement out about the Schumacher situation. Yeah. Uh, we've promised not to put anything out that didn't come straight from the uh, family and their, their official yeah, and we're resources. To that. So please yeah. understand we're doing the same as Cal right I there. I mean, that's totally common sense. I can't even imagine trying to do anything but that. Was a lot of speculation on Twitter when it first happened, and I was really disgusted by some of the bad journalism or speculation that was going on. Motorsport can be very proud that we don't get into this fake media, fake news type scene, uh, and long may it continue. And I think Michael's legacy is a testament to that good journalism that's out there in motorsport. Hey, in the race today, I mean, how many passes today? We were, you know, we, it's got to be a huge number. I wish we could. Hey, yeah, I'm going to say if anybody's got the number, if anybody's a stato out there, or anybody can find it, uh, let me know because uh, we haven't, but uh, I reckon that's as many passes as I've seen in a Formula 1 race in the modern era. You know, That's a strong statement, but I can't argue.
argue with that. Yeah, if you know, call us, 512-643-5483. I'm between teammates. Yeah. Teammates. <laughs> Sorry, I just cut you off. 5483, five, that was what he was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, but passes and crashes. Okay, so what happened with Vettel when he spun? Well, basically, um, uh, two things happened. First of all, Hamilton said he felt the headwind coming at turn four, so he braked later than he normally would. So that gave him the advantage. Vettel then got on the power probably harder and quicker than he normally would because he was trying to stay up with Hamilton and trying to challenge him. And that led to effectively the grunt going down, especially on the left front, uh, excuse me, left rear, and, and effectively, he just lost grip in that left left rear. That spun him round. Um, he went over the um, uh, the rumble strips, and that un, unbalanced the front Unsettled, wing. And right. then when he got back going again, um, down the straight, it literally lod- unlodged itself and came underneath him. Yeah, well, well some it looks of the, like it vibrated off. Yeah, some of the other complexity around that was really interesting. So that's around lap 37. At that point, Hamilton had 12 laps on his soft tires, and Vettel had 11. And so just Strictly by that stat, you're thinking uh, Ham's getting ready to have his tires go off the cliff, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and Vettel will pull away. Well, it didn't. But what was interesting is, I would, if you really watched the scenario of the DRS uh, zone in that area, Vettel earned the use of DRS in the next zone because of his spacing behind Botas. Yeah, I know that was interesting. But what was interesting is Botas went in for went into the pit and left Ham. Uh, excuse me, left Vettel with clean air and. And DRS on it. I know, but if Botas had really thought about that in terms of trying to help his teammate, which he didn't, um, he he should have actually slowed down in some ways, uh, or at least got out of the way before the straight, because that would have not allowed Vettel to be in that position going into the DRS zone, like you say. Right. I think uh, you know, as we saw some of the replays, it looked like Vettel had already taxed his tires, especially through T four and Hamilton being there, and then he also had dirty air from Hamilton having just made it by. So uh, Vettel really had a lot lot of odds against him in that portion. Can I change my vote for driver of the day? <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Driver of the day, team of the day, McLaren, Lando Norris. Ooh, yeah. Lando Ooh, Norris. Yeah. That is, I mean, you know. Seventh. Look how we were literally slagging off McLaren. Oh, and, yeah. And rightly so. As, as bad well as, as we are world, Williams now. As bad as we are Williams now. But McLaren were nowhere. That's why Fernando left. That's why it all went, you know, uh, it was a terrible scene. Zach Brown, the American, trying to fly the flag with Gilles Ferran and all the rest of them. Um, is turning this thing around. And Lando, 19 he may be, but he's leading the way. But the irony is, Sands has had two, two power failures already. Ooh, yeah, that is ironic. You know, and Zach Brown, you saw him early in the year. It was it was that during testing or something. I saw an interview and he seemed really confident. I thought, God, how long can he put on that face? Well, he's got a good reason now. Yep. How good is Lando Norris? That's what I want to know. Uh, really good. And I mean, look at the fight he had with Raikkonen. He, he showed no signs of, you know, being overawed. It was the old and the younger, uh, you know, Kimmy, the the veteran against uh, Lando, and Lando was was up for the task. I know you want to talk about this uh, driver standings right now. It's a little different than it would be last year. Well, yeah, because, all because of the fastest lap. Exactly. Um, basically, yep. Botas um, won the race in Australia and got the fastest lap. Yeah. Hamilton was second, um, but <laughs> now fastest lap this week, and, and obviously now it's reversed. Hamilton wins, but the fastest lap was Leclerc. Yeah. So. It, Advantage Botas. So Botas, 44 points, Hamilton, 43. Yeah. Because nice. that's, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I thought about Bassett's lap, and it's still way too early for really, I think I like it. You know, I think in, I like you know in F2, they have uh, four points for pole position. Wow. I like huh. that. Yeah, and you know, all across motorsports, you get all kinds of different yep. uh, takes on that, whether it's fastest lap in the race <laughs> yeah. or pole. But or... no fan boost. Hey, so <laughs> no thank you. Boost. We're Thankfully. all in agreement there. Hey, so, the, you know, we've been talking about how to assist the uh, the back of the grid. So sanity check me on this idea. Let's explore the idea of giving top qualifiers in Q3 and Q2 points. Well, I know we're going to take a break, but I want you to look up a story and we'll all talk it up because I think it's a good talking point. They're talking about changing qualifying. Yes, into groups. So let's, yeah, let's like take that. a look at that. All right. All right. Oh. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. Listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. 
visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We're live from Austin, Texas, home of the Formula One United States Grand Prix, right here at Circuit of the and Americas. Indy. Hey, you and know, Indy and MotoGP and all. Oh, MotoGP is next week. Yeah. Hey, you <laughs> know, uh, I was speaking with somebody this week, and they were talking about what's it going to be like being there. It's the first weekend of November. I said, well, it's not just the first weekend of November it's that Halloween. makes it exciting. <laughs> it's Halloween in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's that is scary. A whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that Austin's theme note is keep Austin weird. Well, in Halloween, it goes to another level. Yeah, it goes to Matthew McConaughey level of weird. All right, all right, all, all right. right. Bring your own bongos. Those Lincoln commercials are getting are getting weird and weirder, aren't they? I, it's so strange that I'm like, are they doing it on purpose? I'm, I'm they, still do wondering, they know? Yeah, I'm still wondering, just because you can play trick shots in pool, why you would want... Never mind. Uh, but yeah. it seems to work. with Matt. Yeah, Only McConaughey just, could get away with it. I just yeah. hope he doesn't oh, get with, confused, with, with start bouncing the Lincoln off the walls. <laughs> With McConaughey, all bets are off. You can do whatever you want. You yeah, can he literally could just be, he could trip in the, on the middle of 6th Street and everybody got, God, that's cool. All right, so we talked about being here in Austin. We just mentioned IndyCar. Last week, was it last week or two yeah, weeks ago? it all melds oh, into one. Gosh, it was we, last week. We had IndyCar here and we did a broadcast and all that, but but everybody was saying, oh, there's so much more excitement and passing and racing and comp- competition than Formula One. Well, I'm sorry, but this, Back at this was just as good in a different way. It was, yeah. It really was. Yeah, it Really oh, and, good stuff. It, and it continued, and uh, I don't think I even told you guys. Monday night, I, I get a call from somebody over at the domain and said, "Have somebody I want you to that wants to talk to you." Like what? You know, Domain's a big shopping center, beautiful place here. And Santino Frucci's on the phone. Hey, man, I'm hanging out. Come <laughs> hang out. I'm got another day or so here. <laughs> so, caught did, up he with didn't it. call you when he was driving, did he? Uh, no, 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 he did not. <laughs> he ought to grab that by the horns and do a marketing campaign for somebody's hands-free bluetooth <laughs> yeah. device yeah, he should, actually yeah, that would yeah. be good you know, hey. all right well we went to break she said we're going to talk about the new potential qualifying the new four part yeah and i know we're just all kind of getting it's, up to speed on this but well it's really interesting and you know my thoughts are around that go back to the point of rewarding the folks that are at the back of the grid how do we get them some points keep them engaged potentially give them a, a better opportunity to compete get better prize money for the season so i like the idea of addressing that in some manner as well yeah i the only thing is that unfortunately then you would get literally two different races i.e you would get people racing for the other points uh or racing for the lesser points and then i think you take the essence of a race out because it would become two. Oh, i don't think it should ever equate to or even half of what the race points would be okay but what if you uh, like the fastest lap okay you got first place you know you were the fastest in q4 then you get three points and you're second or first whatever and so the idea is you know yes they're already really doing it but this gives them uh, potentially some financial incentive well let's get i i want i want people to call in on this uh at 512-643-5483 the format would mean four cars are eliminated after q1 then q2 and q3 leaving eight to contest for q4 yeah now my my love is the indy car format i love the two groups best six go through fast 12 fast six mm-hmm. it's really simple to understand it really it, it does and then even the name sort them out <laughs> even the name of the quality you yeah. know fast 12 fast six it, yeah. it, it works uh, and and so i'm all for something similar and that's what this sounds right. like yeah all right we got a caller ah oh, it's andy p from just outside chicago he's hey. gonna be happily wearing that McLaren <laughs> yeah hat. man how about your lando norris 
very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. I, I am I am slowly getting my McLaren excitement back. <laughs> I, I think you know, I'm glad to have it. I, I I could tell that it that it matters to me again because when Signs got the the damage on lap two, it it hurt and it genuinely hurt because man, what could have been? Yeah. But still, Andy, Andy, why said, McLaren? What's your what's your thing? Um, I got into it uh, 1998 season, the Hacken and Schumacher rivalry. Yep. And I always liked the fact that McLaren let their drivers race. Yeah, true. Um, versus Ferrari, who would issue team orders. So when that rivalry was at its peak, and those two guys were going at it week at you know, weekend after weekend, that's kind of how I kind of fell in love with that team. And I've always just loved the attitude. And so this last few years have been pretty. T- so since you've been out in the woods and and and, and crying for the last six years, <laughs> this hasn't been easy, right? No, it's it's been a struggle. And you know, you look for positives anywhere you can, and the energy this year seems so different and I noticed it even just in testing but and I and they're on the way they're not there but they are on the way and I'm actually very confident in Zach Brown he's bringing in some really good people uh, James Key is now part of the team which is a very impressive thing well I'm glad you so, mentioned that because James Key uh, as they say in England has come off gardening leave um, and is back <laughs> with the team this week literally this weekend um, and he uh, he is a, a big factor here because he is a designer and uh, you know he's he's one of those boffins. He's another newie, uh, or at least in the same vein as you expect him to deliver. Uh, and he's come. He's he's had some experience in other teams, um, but I wouldn't say he's a savior. But he's he's another step, like you say, that Zach is taking to right the ship. Right. Um, also, just wanted to call, and, and and I didn't get a chance to do it last week. Uh, obviously, with with the IndyCar stuff. But thanks for everything on the PA last week. Um, you guys put on one heck of a show. The track looked great. Um, great show all the way around. Just oh. I'll that. pass it on to Bobby. Ah, there you go. Thanks, <laughs> buddy. Hey, I have a question, um, though. Let's go back to McLaren for a moment. Zach Brown is still beating his drum on the back grid and how to compensate him. And that basically, even these rules that they're talking about in the next year may not be enough for McLaren to stay on the grid. What do you What do you make of that? Do you think that's posturing? Do you think they would really pull the plug and head out? No. I think it's half posturing, but with the trump card of there's an Indy card mm-hmm. drive, sitting waiting to go if we if they need it mm. yeah that's a good point yeah. now uh, while i've got you talking mclaren now you'll obviously if you really are a true orange fan be looking towards the 500 and fernando they've hooked up with carlin it's still a one-man team but they're gonna change da- you know exchange data which means pato award will be involved and and obviously the uh, charlie kimball and um uh, max chilton what do you think should mclaren enter two cars or what do you think the future is there I'd say go for it. Um, I say I, I say bring Hartley in. Yeah, that, I think that would be, that would be wonderful. That would be a, well. He's a, a Kiwi. Hartley lineup. Oh my gosh. Well, he's a proper Kiwi. Right. Oh man. That would be good. Yeah, Kiwi T, remember? Yeah. Don't forget that. Kiwi Indy. Yeah, that'll be good. So, what are you about this season, though, Andy? I mean, are we looking... I mean, I keep saying it, but I know it's only round two, but are we looking at a much more exciting season because it's just not Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes? <laughs> I, I think so. Ferrari have definitely come to fight. It was really nice to see them on form. Um, and and I'll, I'll take a little bit of levity and say, you know, hey, I think it was good that the engine broke a little bit because it shows that those top six those set top six cars are still ran by human beings and they can fail. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, Yeah. the thing that we don't have to worry about it being one, two, three, four every single week. Yeah, right. Hey, so not only Lando Norris got some points today, but Albon got his first points in Formula One, too. Yeah, the the rookies are doing good. Thanks for calling, Andy. We appreciate it, buddy, and uh, thanks for listening. All right, you guys have a good one. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah, I I mean, talk about both sides of the garage, the highs and lows. I mean, Carlos Sanz, that's his signs. That's his second failure. Remember, this is the guy that has come from a reliable Renault. He's now still in a Renault or in a Renault engine, but he's had two failures in two races. Um, and both the Renault factory guys went out. So either they're right on the ragged edge at the moment trying to push things forward our Renault or, Maybe, yeah. you know, I mean, we're Red Bull right after all this time. <laughs> uh, it is it is so fun that it's that, that all these little sub stories are yeah. like that. It's and awesome. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just tune into the Netflix uh, yeah, because <laughs> that has it all. It's a great uh, oh my behind the scenes battle between. I've Renault. had so many people that yeah. are that know that I'm into Formula One that are not that have now gone. Oh my gosh, this is so great! They love that series. Well, I- I'm really enjoying the soccer ones, the American football ones, and now the Netflix Formula One ones. Um, you know, Hard Knocks. Uh, what's the other one? 
against all odds. Fantastic stuff because you yeah. really you don't have to be a fan of the sport to really it's the human interest. That's what real sport is. It's and like you like Andy just said, you know, when you see a failure like that, you realize that it's not just a mechanical thing. You know, something there is a human error in design or or pushing it too far or strategy or whatever. There is an element, and then that that is where Formula One comes to a reality. Um, yes, it's a very mechanized and technological NASA, uh, you know, at 180 miles an hour type thing, but it's it, it, it can be human error or, or choosing to use the machinery unwisely. Yeah, all right, I'm going to read down for those, for Cal and others that are stuck behind the wheel driving right now, uh, just the final classification. So it was Hamilton, Botas, Leclerc, Verstappen, Vettel, Lando Norris, Kimi Raikkonen, Pierre Gasly, Alexander Albon, Perez, Giovinazzi, Kvyat, Magnussen, Stroll, Russell, Kubica, and those that did not finish, Hulkenberg and Ricardo at the same time they didn't finish. Carlos Sainz and Roman Grosjean out. So, but look, Mick, look at that. I mean, we got Albon in the points, Lando Norris, Giovinazzi at, where was Reckoning? There he was at seventh. So, Alfa Romeo? I mean, that's... The, that's yeah, I would say, that's a really good result for uh, Reckoning. I mean, really. I mean, you know, McLaren, yeah. McLaren and Alfa Romeo topped in the points. Right, right. It's been a while since we saw that combination up like that. I still want to know, and if anybody's <laughs> got a call in, please, 512-643-5483. What happened to Magnussen? I know. I, do, I haven't even, there's no, saw nothing. There was so much going on. You know, normally me during the race, if Haas is having a problem, I know exactly what happened. K-Mag. I couldn't even keep my notes because it was going so much going on. He was running in six. Next I looked at it, he was in 13th and now yeah. he's a lap down. Yeah, what exactly happened? All right, I'm not going to try to look while I'm while I'm on the air. But uh, so, all right, guys, what else during the race? I mean, there was so much happening. Jonathan, you you were previously taking notes. What were some of your favorite things that you were writing down? Um, Well, I, I, like I said, I took a big note that, the, in, on lap 37, Hamilton and Vettel, I think that was some of the best overtaking I've seen between those two. Clean, fair, fighting. And if that continues, I'd love to see it happen. Uh, just a lap later, of course, uh, that's when Vettel spun. But imagine if that had continued all the way through to the 50th lap or 57th lap. Um, but that Hamilton-Vettel battle uh, on lap 37, for me, outstanding. That's some of the best Formula 1 racing I've seen in a long time. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we got a caller on the line. We'll take his call, and we're going to continue the Bahrain discussion from Formula One today. Listen to Speed City Live in Austin back after these messages. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point-and-shoot six-gun finger, the hang-loose thumb-and-pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club. With exclusive members-only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine, and roadside service, the Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you! Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at Haggerty.com today. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gare from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to talk a little bit about a sponsor. We have a new sponsor in Formula One, a new sponsor of Speed City right here, and it is uh, Himalaya. And their website is Drive Himalaya. And what these guys do is they take the the, Defend, the Land Rover Defender 90s and Defender 110s. Oh, yeah. That, you know, those, got, those things were originally designed as to be an, an incredible off-road vehicle, which they are. But if you've ever driven one on the street, one of those classics, yeah, mm. they're, they're not that exciting to drive on the street. And we, you know, I, I've been many a farm in England. That's what we, that's what the farmers use. You know, you use your tractors to pull things. You use the Land Rover to get around. That's what he says exactly on their website. It said it was a humble beginnings to, to yeah. get around on the farm. And it was a basic, basic thing. But I mean, they're, you know. they're cool as, you know what, looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And so they've always been a really cool 
vehicle till you drive them and go, yeah, okay, there's you know, a compromise. But I've these seen guys, people do individual mods that are cool. Well, these guys take that compromise away and totally and completely turn these into a vehicle that are just amazing. I mean, and there's a few people doing vehicles like this, and this is not an inexpensive vehicle, but it is literally every nut and bolt, and it is down to the F1 level of detail mm. that they do this. And that's not exaggeration. You know F1, oh. and, and it's insane levels of engineering. Well, that's what these guys do with these vehicles. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about a big production line. We're talking about bespoke here. Exactly. Like the yeah. finest. About 10 of the fully custom vehicles a year, give or take. And I presume you have input into, into your vehicle? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can choose your drivetrain, for example. Like, wow. Typically, they're using the LS General Motors, LS-based motors, like the Corvette-based type motors, which there's a good reason they do that. And there's a good reason that everybody uses those because they're the, the most powerful, most, you know... Really efficient. Super refined and efficient. Reliable. And did I say powerful? Dead on. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's, there, there are no compromise way to get and, power. And it all fits into the chassis? Yep. And it is really, you got to check them out. DriveHimalaya.com. We're going to have some more discussions about these. We're going to get to drive one of these bad boys. It's going to be here in Austin. <laughs> hey, check it out around the track here. It'll be out there. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, we got a caller on the line. We got, we got Larry. Larry from Pennsylvania. Hey, how's it going, Larry? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, uh, was one heck of a race, I must confess, and a lot of drama in the qualifying. And, and uh, it's, it's F1 is better than I ever remember it being. That's you know, what Jonathan said. It, over. it really is true. This is this harkens back to the days of the 50s when it was wide open and all the great marks were putting their best automobiles out there. It, the the uncertainty every time the green flag falls, it's not like, okay, here's your one, two, and three, and four, and then what's the rest of the field going to do? If Ferrari continues this surge, and which I believe they will with the engineering assets that they have, it's going to be one of those seasons when the checkered, when, when the green flag flies, you have absolutely no idea what's going to transpire, which is how racing is always at its best. Yeah. And I'm sorry to be philosophical on you, but that's really what no, we're that's, looking at. That's what everybody no, and, and that's exactly what we want. And, and you, you know, just in that breath alone, Red Bull are going to be there, McLaren, it seems, are going to be there, and Renault are going to be there soon. And Haas are teetering on the edge of being there. So, um, you know, we've got those two teams that are dominating, but boy, there's so many others that are coming. Yeah, there is. Um, if, if I could ask a brief question and apologize if you covered it in the pre-race show because I wasn't able to listen. Oh, Larry. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I know it. There's something called sleep. I have oh, to get out every now and again. But, uh, are, are they going to appeal Grosjean's point on his super license, or is it appealable? You know, that's a good question. They put it on his. They put it on his license, um, and I said, I, I, yeah, I, I guess uh, in the court of appeal, I guess he he should have, as far as I read the rules, a chance to appeal that. Um, but for now, it is definitely on his license for sure, and obviously got the grid penalty. Good to Steiner was quite outspoken about it. Uh, I was reading on the net uh, saying it was really unfair. I, I'm I'm dubious about it. It was a dangerous place to be. Um, it wasn't good. He should know better. It was qualifying. Come on. Um, and more importantly, why aren't Haas telling him who's behind him? Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah. Is, the, is, is this the immaturity of Haas? Because the guy that I used to jerk wrenches for when I was working on race cars, he wouldn't use pros. He didn't make it in cup because he wouldn't use. And I think one of the big reasons was he wouldn't use professionals. And I'm wondering if Haas needs to hire some experienced strategic guys as spotters like they do in, in Cup so that these kind of things don't happen. And I also think a lot of it, well, there's two things I thought that drove it beyond that was Grosjean's reputation drove a lot of it. And then the other thing that drove it is the new race director also, even though it's a steward's decision, he's asserting himself, I will not be pushed around, and then maybe he thinks he can slack off later. I wondered about your thoughts. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Mike Massey is the guy you're talking about, and you're right. Um, he has to make his way and has to make his name felt, like I suppose. And in fact, more decisions certainly in the race, incident-wise, were forgiven, if you will. Uh, and that was something that both the commentators at Sky picked up on, was that the, the, the stewards and the race director are letting more incidents... Let them race, was what was said in the... Um 
uh, driver's briefing. Um, I still feel that um, Grosjean, and maybe you're right, uh, because it's Grosjean, was dealt with kind of toughly uh, with that decision because he didn't mean to impede um, Norris. Um, he just, in fact, you saw him react. He almost spun the car trying to get out of the way um, because he found himself in the wrong place. I think it was a lapse of concentration or, and like I said, more importantly, I agree with you. I think Haas, to answer your original question, good to Steiner was around in the Jaguar days, so he should know better. Um, but of course, he can't do all the calls. And I do agree with you that American racing has a much better delivery system to the drivers uh, for things like spotter, uh, things which NASCAR, of course, and now Indy uh, implement, especially in oval racing. Uh, it's not something that Formula One has been both good at and, um, you know, assiduous with in terms of, you know, actually putting it into implementation. And I hope, like you say, that there is more of that because it needs to be there. The, I, I want to do away with mirrors for a start. I want to actually have a digital mirror on the halo. That's what I want. So everybody can see, just like they do in WEC, that, you know, there is someone approaching and it goes from, or it goes from you know, green to orange to red. You know, this seems like such a simple problem, one way or the other. You know, <laughs> there's got to be a simple fix to that. And I, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't do one of the others. Good point, though, Larry. Good point. Hey, what else were you watching during the, or listening to during the race today, Larry? Well, I, Gasly's in serious trouble. Yep. I mean, he's out qualified by Toro, so how quickly is he going to be demoted? Well, you missed the pre-show because Les said he should be fired. He's already... He's already All right. I just, I mean, you know, I have no personal grievance, but the F1 culture of, uh, you know, reward for performance and, you know, is so strong. I, I, I agree with you, Larry. It's interesting you say that, though. I mean, he was eighth today. He scored points for Toro Rosso <laughs> two years ago. If Toro Rosso had scored a point, that have that have closed the closed the town and got the mayor and given him a ribbon. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when 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 the Red Bull drivers out qualified by Toro Rosso, and that was the team they plucked him from as yeah. a training team, an an entry team, that he's being out qualified by them, then he needs to be demoted just like he got promoted. And the other thing that really struck me, and I'm heartbroken over, is the timing of Alonso and the timing of Hamilton. Hamilton has the best timing. He knew when to leave McLaren for Mercedes, and Alonso doesn't know when to stay. <laughs> well, and also, uh, tendingly see, there was some a lot of um, talk in the press about Alonso and Ferrari's relationship, and that was quite uh, uh, touchy. Evidently, Alonso kind of rules the team when he's whatever team he's in, and that's true of McLaren, it's true of Ferrari, mm. and it was probably true in the later time, his second time with McLaren too. Um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Schumacher was a, a genius at it. Uh, Alain Prost was a genius at it. Um, you know, just picking the right team at the right time um, to be there when it starts winning. I mean, look at Schumacher with Mercedes. Um, uh, sorry, with um, Ferrari. They, they hadn't won at all, and then they never stopped winning. Uh, and likewise with Hamilton and uh, Mercedes when he joined them from McLaren. Uh, it is a timing thing. Um, I, just going back to your last thing, though, though, who would you put in the Red Bull? Mm. That's always a problem. That yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know um, who they would put in the Red Bull because I'm just not that familiar with the guys from Toro Rosso. I would like to see Kimmy, but he's not under their contract. But uh, I really wouldn't know if they would try to, you know, just ship Gasly off to wherever and bring somebody up from the lower ranks in the Toro Rosso, you know, to, to promote one of the Toro Rosso guys up. I think maybe. That's the only thing that might be saving Gasly is they really don't have anyone in the wings. And face it, Helmut Marko is one heck of a taskmaster. You're a better performer. Your history will pull the plug on you quick. Well, There's not a lot of forgiveness in the gentleman. No, there isn't. And, and, uh, it makes you wonder what Hartley's done wrong, um, given that he's out there and was connected. He's now connected to Ferrari. But um, in terms of the Red Bull Juniors, look out for Dan Tictum. He's got a test. He's been coming up through Formula 3. He's quick. He's been with Red Bull for a while. Look out for Lucas Auer, the Austrian, who's now racing in Japan. He's a Red Bull man. And the latest to join the Red Bull family is a young Kiwi uh, called Liam Lawson. He just won the Toyota Racing Series down in New Zealand uh, that I was at. So there are some guys coming through. My, You know what my answer was, Larry? Where, why, not bring, why not bring Ocon back? What, was, what, what did he do wrong? <laughs> 
Well, Ocon is under contract to Mercedes. I know. They, they, they don't have access to him. I know, but that not that just the, 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 you know, daylight robbery? I mean, the guy's so talented. He could do a better job, I think, than Gasly. But I still think, I can't believe we're talking about this. It's only race two. <laughs> yeah. I understand that, but Gasly is just not getting it done, and his reputation is better than that. Yeah. I mean, when you look at what Lando Norris is doing, look at the impact that sure. he is making, these youngsters, when they get their shot. Look at Leclerc. What a heartbreak, although it's going to make him a better driver in the future. To understand that the maturity he showed in the in the debacle that was saved by the safety car to at least keep the podium, and he's showing a maturity level I don't think that Vettel ever had, and him spinning out shows his maturity level. And I was mm. thinking to myself, and it was the, the thunder was stolen by a caller, and it's his to steal. Is that how soon is it going to be Schumacher Leclerc? Then it's going to be Vettel Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're thinking. I'll throw another one in there. He's not connected, I don't think. Oh, yes, he is a reserve driver. I can't remember who's for. Sergio Sete Camera. He's in F2 at the moment. Uh, he's been around. He won Macau. He's awesome. Um, and I just, you know, keep an eye out for him. He 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 could be Sete Camera. Set the camera on your table. Larry. Yeah, but he doesn't have the Schumacher name. Ask Dan Tickton about that, guys. Yeah. Interesting. All right, well, Larry, well, thanks for calling in, buddy, and thanks for listening. And, of course, we will talk to you soon. Okay, and I hope you'll forgive me for missing the pre-race. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, buddy. Take care. Hey, I was just looking at a tweet that Guido Vandergaard tweeted, and he said, pure class from Lewis Hamilton apologizing about overtaking Leclerc. And in the tweet is a gif. And it's Hamilton passing Leclerc with a little hand wave. I missed that. I didn't see that. Yeah, a little hand wave. Basically saying, sorry, buddy. You know, and this happens in the sport. All right, we got to take a break and listen to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas. And we'll be back right after these messages. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Speaking of Mario Andretti, I'm reading a tweet literally right when he said that. It said, cruel luck for Charles Leclerc, but Ferrari showed things to come. The season is young. Hashtag Orange Pete. Good point. May you know 11th, that, his, his documentary coming out. Yeah, yeah Mario's, yeah. yeah. Last weekend, I saw him in uh, engaging with so many people again. And we've told this story so many times. And it's so cool to see him take time, shake hands, meet people, get pictures. Here in Austin. You just got it, yeah, yeah, at the uh, Indy race here. And then uh, he cruised around out front on a scooter and was uh, sitting next to the cart track out in front. Yeah, I saw a photo you had. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, now that's pretty cool. <laughs> Let's see if he'll get out there. Well, it's official. The driver of the day is Charles Leclerc. No surprise. And just go to this Instructors Championship. But I'll tell you what, it's... It, it, you know, there was so much going on. Sometimes you needed to take a step back. What is interesting, Mercedes are already off to the constructors. 44 <sighs> points to Ferrari's 22. God, They've got double. twice as many points. But then, how about this? Haas, Ferrari in fourth position. Just behind Red Bull. Ah, yeah, there you go. Two points ahead of Renault, which is significant. <laughs> and the, I mean, like I said, I'm watching.
Racing Haas versus Alfa Romeo for obvious reasons. Both got the same powertrain. Yeah, yeah. um, and, and to a certain extent, they've probably got similar budget. Gosh, speaking of Haas, you know, their rivalry with Renault. What the heck? How how could Renault's cars <laughs> both go out at the same time like that? Yeah. Know, Cyril Atabal. Obviously doing things, but nuts. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was something that else. That was reminiscent of Australia 2018 for the Haas. The wheels falling off. With yeah. the wheels falling off. But, oh, don't stop. Me. I mean, not uh, nearly as bad, but yeah. But yeah. still, right at the same time. Here's a quote from Rosberg, by the way. He says, if you could name one area where McLaren has made the most progress, <laughs> he says, drivers. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. He might be a little biased on that. I do love the class of Lewis Hamilton. Not only was he waving as he went by, but you heard him on the interviews. He was mentioning Leclerc. And I mean, I think uh, Leclerc's a good guy. Yeah. I think you know he what? is. You I like his out. presentation yeah, skills. And we were watching right at the beginning, and he just looks so calm, relaxed, Ugh. you know. For a guy with the world, that, I mean, yeah. honestly, that's been the downfall of many a great Ferrari driver is the sheer pressure of an entire country. If you think America is sport crazy and puts pressure on there, sporting heroes to succeed and win well you ain't seen anything until you've been to Italy they are so passionate I mean every restaurant every bar is talking about these two drivers all year long what about the you know I've heard talk of like the new Ferrari the kind of the new atmosphere yes because Arriva Bene was just this drill sergeant uh, he's Arriva Derci yeah he is Arriva Derci but he was this drill sergeant and yeah, now he was. it's not the same in that garage yeah and that goes I mean you know when I was in uh, the British Grand Prix in July you know the one people you don't get to talk to is Ferrari. There is. I, I actually turned around to one of. I think it was Will, and I said, "Well, when, when where is Ferrari's sort of meet and greet or stroke um, huddle?" And he goes, "They don't do one." Uh, I said, yeah, "What do yeah. you mean?" He goes, "They don't talk to the press." And I'm like, "Whoa!" And so remember, they that's didn't, changed. They skipped. They and Mercedes skipped the Netflix participation. Yes, also. they yeah. did. Yep. So, yeah. You didn't miss it too bad. I didn't. In fact, I didn't even think about it. I, I was I guess it was second episode, and I thought, "Wait a minute, they're not much." But they didn't intentionally. Well, they've participate. opened up the doors. Uh, they, I mean, you, I saw Benotto, um, Benotto uh, on um, Matteo Benotto, who's the new new boss of Ferrari. He seems to be much more open, much more transparent, um, and he was even on the Sky Show or ESPN show at the end of the race today. So he's much more of a Toto Wolf figure, and Toto, of course, Christian Horner the same, are available to be talking to each other and talking to the media. Uh, and it's important to the sport. I mean, you cannot... Yeah, you can't. You know, you know, whether you like journalists or you don't like journalists or you don't like the fans, you, you can't... This is their sport, not yours. You know, it kind of reminds me of what Formula One after Bernie when when where when Bernie was there, when they were like no social media, no nothing. They were so locked down as a sport. It's like Ferrari has kind of held on to that a little bit, but now it sounds yeah. like that's changing. You know, speaking of Ferrari, uh, one of their sponsors you're seeing much more prominently ever is Mission Minnow. Yeah, what is that? And I yeah, I that was really curious because I I didn't know if I had no idea what this was. So I dig into it. It's really interesting. There's actually some controversy going on around it. Mission Minnow is the name of a uh, consulting firm dealing with operational efficiency, process improvement, etc. All sounds great, doesn't it? Sounds like corporate speak to me. Yeah, yeah, it's all great. Making your life better, technology, everything's going to work smoother. What could be wrong with that? What's wrong with a piece of paper? (laughs) Ah, The the issue is Mission Minnow is run by Philip Morris. Yeah, okay. And that's where people just have this disdain for a company that is known as a tobacco company being involved in this. But they are involved with Ducati. They're yes, involved they are. with Ferrari. There are others. Uh, and and McLaren have BAT. Yeah. Uh, British American Tobacco are involved in... in uh, now, they don't advertise their... They're they going down a different route. They're ad- advertising the vaping or they're talking about a lifestyle of getting away from it. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, there's a lot of money still poured into tobacco. Um, I'm glad they banned it. It's correct. Um, we do not want to encourage children to go down that route, but unfortunately, it's also backfired because now everybody's smoking vape um, and, sure. and they're putting the money into encouraging that. So. Well, the interesting is thing is they've kind of, uh, Philip Morris has kind of put it at almost an arm's distance because they are a client of their own company now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a sneaky backdoor way for them to bring tobacco money back into the it is. it is. We'll see what they do with it. Uh, you know, I'm really curious about that. You know, in the United States here, alcohol is everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you're If you're not in the Bible Belt, you can buy it on Sunday. You know, and so it, I really find it interesting uh, how one seems to be okay, one's not. But uh, around this, just the way they're handling Mission Minnow and getting it in there. So process improvement at its best. Well, we'll, we'll keep, you keep us informed on that. Didn't break the rules. It's how you use them. Well, that's, that's motor racing. <laughs>
Hey, Jonathan and I, you we were looking at the, this weekend, we were looking at the bio of Gene Haas. Yes. And I've still got it up if you, unless you've got it, but I've got it here. I was just really fascinating, his his history. I mean, he's born in 1952. He's from Youngstown, Ohio, but he, you know, he's obviously the founder of the Formula One team, Haas F1. And and, and the reason that they did, they, they said they did was they moved into Formula One is to, to make their brand more global. They dominate here in the United States, states in in the CNC industry, the machines that do that type of manufacturing. So that's how he got into this. But he was, uh, he graduated in high school in 1970, and then he graduated in 1975 with a Bachelor of Science degree at uh, California uh, State University at Northridge. But it, after working three years as a programmer, he founded Has, uh, Proturn Engineering. So he started as an entrepreneur three years out of college. So he, he worked for a uh, an, an engineering firm, and then he started Haas Proturn turn engineering they were a contract machine shop and so essentially he's been doing the same thing since 1978 but now to the formula one a level of detail in the cnc world yeah and i want over these next few weeks uh to go into you know to dig down a little bit deeper into Haas and who they are and you're right gene Haas is a phenomenal figure uh not just as an entrepreneur but also in in racing i mean you know what he's achieved in nascar alone is incredible and actually you put him in the same group as ganassi and penske penske He's racing all over the world now in Indy, in uh, Australia, in sports cars. Andretti uh, and, too. Yeah, Andretti doing the same, and so too Ganassi, but so too Haas. So you know th- that's a that's high rarefied air now that those four guys um, or those four teams are doing what they're doing, and I really do take up my hat off to Gene Haas because to there couldn't be any more different motorsports than NASCAR and Formula One, but he is achieving in both, and everybody said he couldn't do it. I'm going to finish this story because it's really fascinating. It leads right up to Formula One. We just got a, a minute. Or two left but he uh, in 1983 he introduced a one of the a 5c machines he called it but it, and, oh, that, yeah. and that's when Haas automation was born 1983 mm-hmm. and they started in a little uh, five 5,000 square foot facility but in 1987 he Haas took what he learned from his 5c what the other one was and, de- and developed his first vertical machining center the VF1 mm-hmm. sound familiar yep mm-hmm. that, that's the name of the car so if you just a little background on on Haas and the car and the company. All right, full circle to our hours worth of time here because in the pre-show we said why you know we argued a little bit about Haas getting all their parts from Ferrari well bit by bit Uh, Haas has been machining F1 parts not only for themselves but for other teams too so well, that's Even not fair. That, There's got to be something wrong with that. Fox we can't in the have that <laughs> But no, but I mean, it does go full circle to the constructor's argument. Yes, they started off with a lift up from Ferrari. They've learned their way. They've taken those Ferrari parts. They are the junior team for Ferrari. They are called Haas Ferrari. And they are looking at the parts they're getting and now machining their own parts. And eventually, you will see a Haas car that is their own car. Sure, they can have the Ferrari plant, but I'll bet you, uh, it'll have less and less, and it'll go the other way around. They'll start machining parts for Ferrari and other teams. And they probably are right now. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, they, they, seriously. Put that one the, in your pipe, Larry. Yeah, because they've got tra- <laughs> they've got fantastic technical yeah. capabilities. And you know they're doing I, You know, it's funny how those things like that happen. Like McLaren, who supplies all the ECUs. ECUs yeah. Not just for Formula One, though. Formula for, E, yeah. And, and IndyCar. Yeah. And other motorsports, I'm sure. So, all yeah, right, we're guys. We're going to see more of that. We're going to absolutely see more of that. Yeah, man. What a fantastic race today, man. This this is so much fun when you have a race like today. Man. How, how long we got left? Because I want to know why the American flag is backwards on the house. Uh, it's the same reason that it's backwards on the military different sleeves. shoulders of a military because it's supposed to be flowing with the wind no matter which way it's facing. So if it's on one side of the car, then it's, it's in other words, the stars are always going to be to the front because that's where the, the pole would be. Gotcha. So there you go. How's that for a bit of trivia? There, there you, go. you go. All right. Well, we are about out of time. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to find out more about us and see lots more of our content, go to speedcitybroadcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and a little bit of Instagram. We do the first two pretty good. And uh, we have a lot of... Uh, you looked of, at me then. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of content up on SoundCloud and we're, we're dabbling in YouTube. Yeah, let's do our too. podcast about Alfa Romeo. There you go, Tosca. yeah. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Happy trails. Oh, y'all. Yeah.